I've got a simple message for you this morning because I feel like the problem with hearing God is not that God isn't speaking. The problem with hearing God is that sometimes we're just complicated when we try and listen. Yeah? God's talking. I've got a, I've got a, a picture to go up for you. And just while I'm introducing the message, check this out. It's so wild. This is all the times that we have a record of God talking to his people. You see, if you can read down the bottom here, if you've got your glasses like Joe was talking about, donkey is one, bush is one, angel is a few times, and then there's this whole, look at this, direct. God is talking to his people. Amazing, right? You can take a photo of that. If you want to look it up in great detail, it's in the Infographic Bible, and those people are incredible. Uh, That whole book is just out of this world. But the truth is, in the beginning, we were created by God. By him speaking. He spoke us into being. We have a speaking God. He hasn't changed. We've just been singing. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. We have a God who speaks. We have a God who loves to talk. We were created in the image of God for relationship with God. How many of you have tried the silent treatment on anyone in your family? Okay, there's less honest people in the house now. We've all tried that, haven't we? Well, I'm just not going to talk to them then. It usually lasts for about 10 minutes. If you're an extrovert, it lasts for about 10 seconds. And you're like, oh, fine, I'm not talking to you. Well, you just did. Well, the introverts are like, yeah, my whole life is like that. That's fine. It's just normal. But the silent treatment doesn't really work in a relationship. Because relationship is about communication. God didn't design us for a one-sided relationship with him. He created us in his image and he is a God who speaks. And we are people who speak back to him. That's the whole idea of relationship with God. We go back to the beginning in the garden, in Genesis. He went and he spoke with Adam and Eve. He went and he had communication with them. It was the simplest, most normal thing in the world. So this morning, all I want to do is to simplify hearing from God. You Wherever you're at in your relationship with him, wherever you're at in your life, wherever you're at in what we would call our spiritual journey, you can hear God. You can hear almighty God, creator of the universe. He is a God who speaks and we are his people who hear. The general idea of all of this, oh, it's gone, of all of this, is that sometimes God will use donkeys once. Sometimes God will set a bush on fire and... Moses says the funniest phrase in the Bible, let me turn aside and see why it is not consumed. It's very British of him. If it was, no, I'm not going to go there. Sometimes he talks through prophets. Sometimes he talks to us through his word. But sometimes he just talks directly to us. Why? Because he wants relationship with us. He's not a God withholding of his voice. He's not a God who's trying to stop you from listening. He is a God who speaks. He's a God who listens. He wants nothing more than for you and I to hear his voice and to talk back to him. That's what he created us for. Relationship with him. Communication with him. That's not to say this morning that if you say, oh, Beck, I haven't heard the voice of God. Let me uncomplicate it for you this morning. I want to make it so simple. I'm going to give you three really simple things that everyone in this room can do this week. You can say, I'm just going to practice hearing God. 
Let's read from Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. This is our text for this morning. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had before. Daniel's a dreamer. Daniel's a prophet. It's kind of his job to hear God. But in this circumstance, he finds himself in a hard place. He is literally receiving death threats from the king. And not like Twitter death threats or like Instagram DMs of like, I'm coming after all your money unless you transfer me one million pounds tomorrow. Not, not like that kind of, like actual ones, like people with swords coming to his house, like real death threats. He's in a bad, bad space. But Daniel is a guy who knows all I need is the voice of God. All I need is to hear the word of the Lord. That sustains him. He's in a hard place, but he's a diligent man. And so in spite of persecution, in spite of opposition, he does what he always does. It says he goes home and he opens the windows and he gets down on his knees and he prays just as he had done before. So this morning, out of this passage of scripture, three simple things you can do this week to hear from God. Number one, open the window. On the other side of that window was all the circumstances of Daniel's life, and they were difficult. Daniel had an expectation that if I pray, God hears. And so nothing else matters to Daniel. He postures himself. It says he opened the windows of this room, looking toward Jerusalem, and he gets down on his knees and he prays. We must begin with the posture and the action of being people ready to hear. I think so often we get so clouded up in our head of like, I'll hear God when, I'll hear God if, I'll hear God when, you know, I've repented, I'll hear God when my life is together, I'll hear God when I start tithing, I'll hear God when all of these things happen. But the truth is, the posture of opening the windows is just a posture that says, God wants to hear from you and he wants to speak to you. God likes windows. In Malachi chapter 3, he says, when you bring the tithe into the storehouse, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out. I love that picture because I can see Daniel opening his windows and I can see God opening his. And I want you to take that picture home this week and open the windows of your life to God. Say, God, I'm opening the windows. You can talk to me. I want to hear you. Because you know what? When I open the windows of my life, God opens the windows of heaven. He wants to open the windows to connect and talk and to be with each one of us. Matthew 7 verse 7 and 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Get this, for everyone, say everyone, everyone who asks receives. That's you. That's not the pastor's. That's not the worship team. That's not the prophets. That's not the intercessors. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It's a posture of readiness and faith to say, God, I know you're speaking and I believe I can hear you. I believe that you're a God who is not teasing me. 
You know, God is not a God with a carrot and a stick just trying to get you to do all the things he wants you to do. He's a God of love and of grace. And he wants to speak to your life and to your situation right where you're at. And so I want to challenge you this week, open the windows of your heart and say, God, I can hear you. Even if you can't, even if you're struggling, open the windows as a posture of trust and of faith to say, God, I am going to hear you. The only way to follow God is to walk the life of faith. Let's be people open to hearing his voice. You know, it is scary. I'm allowed to say that. We can be honest. Because the question is, if I hear God's voice, what's he going to say? You know, I really want him to just say Jeremiah 29, 11 all the time. You know, like, I've got a plan for you, it's wonderful. But think about Daniel. There's death threats coming his way and he opens the windows three times a day. What's God going to say? Time's up, Dan. What's God going to say? And it's a step of faith. It can be really honestly scary. What if God tells me I have to talk to that person? What if God tells me I have to do something I don't want to do? And so rather than opening the windows, we keep them closed because we think it's safe inside. We think it's safe because outside is a big, bad, scary world with people that might try and do something bad to us. But that's not the God that we serve. Get this out of Psalm 34 and verse 4 and 5. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Amen. Amen. Those who look to him, bless you. Those who look to him are what? Radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. I want to set some people free here this morning. God is not going to shame you. God's not going to ask you to do something that's going to bring shame and pain into your life. Get free of that fear and say, God, I know you have the great things that you have planned for me. Jeremiah 29, 11 is true. It's legit. And so I'm not scared to open the windows of my heart and say, God, I want to hear you. He might ask you to do some things in faith that feel unusual, but he's not here to bring shame. It says those who look to him are radiant. We don't need to fear for our lives. You know, sometimes he speaks and he convicts us and he challenges us. But it's to bring us good. It's to bring us to wholeness. It's not to bring us to shame. I've got a challenge for you this week about opening the windows. Put $20 in your pocket. I know cash is unusual. Some of you are like, what the heck is that? Put $20 in your pocket tomorrow, Tuesday. Leave it there. It'll burn a hole. Every time you get up in the morning, say, God, you're going to speak to me about what to do with that $20. Show me someone to bless. It might be your boss. You might just buy your boss a coffee for $20. Well, I mean, if you work in the city, it's probably accurate. Um, It might be someone that you literally just give the note to. It might be a family member, a friend. You don't know who you're going to encounter this week, but you know what? It's a posture of opening the window. It says, God, I'm prepared to hear your voice. I'm actually ready to act. Ever seen someone that you wanted to give to, but you weren't prepared? 
So this morning, your challenge, put $20 in your pocket and say, God, I'm going to hear from you this week. If you get to Thursday, pray harder. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) Joe, would you take this into the parents' room and just bless one of those beautiful mums and say, you're not invisible, even though you're in the parents' room. Thank you so much, that's awesome. Open the window. Oh, yeah, the wonderful Joe. Open the window of your heart and say, God, I'm ready to hear you. I'm ready. I'm I'm up for this, God. I really am. Say what you want. I'm ready. Hit me. Come on, Holy Spirit. He will not put you to shame. Second thing, man, this is amazing. Give thanks. You know what it says about Daniel? He opened the windows and he got down on his knees and he what? He gave thanks. I am as guilty of anyone of you as coming to God with my list of needs. Coming to God with my wants, my desires, my problems. He's okay with lament. He wrote a whole book called Lamentations. It's fine. But there's a biblical principle. There's a scriptural principle that says when you give thanks, something changes. You know, we don't start church services with worship for no reason. It's not so that you can come in late. I mean, not anyone in this church, other churches I've heard. Um, Also that you can warm up. It's a scriptural principle that says we start with gratitude. We start with thanks. It doesn't change who God is. He is the same God. But you know what it does? It changes me. It changes my ability and my posture and my mentality. When I want things to change in my world, the the beginning of that is to magnify the Lord. You know, it's no mistaking that language, magnify the Lord, because it's literally like holding up a magnifying glass. So often we come with our magnifying glass on the problem, on the situation. I know Daniel would have found that so easy. Lord, can you see what Nebuchadnezzar is about to do? Can you see that den of lions? Can you see this problem? Can you see this whole city being destroyed? And we're magnifying this and God's listening. You know what's good for your soul? Don't magnify that. Magnify the Lord. Oh, Lord God, you're so good. You're so gracious. You're so worthy of all of our praise. Jesus, you are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. There is nothing that our God can't do. When you begin to change the filter, instead of magnifying all the things that are going wrong around you, and you begin to magnify the Lord, all of a sudden you can hear him. You can see his face. You can see him smiling. You can see that he is truly in control, that he is king of kings and he is lord of lords. He's not worried about Nebuchadnezzar. He's not worried about the problems in your life or mine. We magnify him. We begin with thanks. Have you ever had a friend, a friend, who, (laughs) Pastor Luke, (laughs) you've been on holidays, I can tell. Have you ever had a friend who only talks about themselves? And you go over to visit them and it's like, oh, and did you know what happened this week and then this happened and the car broke down and then that kid got sick and you're like, why am I here? About the time when they had a wonderful thing happen to them and then about the time that all their problems just became overwhelming. And, you know, you don't, you don't want to go back so quick. You're like, guys, oh, we've definitely got a two o'clock appointment, Thanks. God is listening. He is gracious. He's okay with hearing your problems. But may I suggest that we just audit the way we talk to God? And it's always a good idea to start with thanks. Make a habit of giving thanks. 
Number three. These are simple, I told you. I hope it's not too simple for you this morning. Number three, keep going. Keep going. You know Daniel in chapter six says three times a day he got down on his knees, he opened the windows. Probably he opened the windows and he got down on his knees. I don't know, short windows, I'm not sure. Anyway, he prayed and he gave thanks. And he asked God, would you help me? You know he goes to the lion's den without a word from God? God acted on Daniel's behalf, but there was no reassurance that that was going to work. There was no reassuring word, booming voice, Charlton Heston from heaven being like, it's okay, Daniel, I've got the lions, I've pulled out all of their teeth, which in fact he didn't because next minute they ate the others, but that's, you can read that at home. Can we be honest for a minute? Sometimes I literally pray this, God, am I deaf? So I can't hear you. I'm trying to hear you. I'm doing the things I know to do. I've opened the windows. I've started with thanks. But now, crickets. I put $20 in my pocket. Now that's gone. And then, only me, okay. Do you know I remember sometimes in our life, for me and my family, when I was like, God, I'm making a big decision. There's consequences on the other side of this. I need to hear you. I need to hear you. Like not not want to. I need to. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You're like, God, I actually, I can't do this without you talking to me, giving me direction, leading me, guiding me. God, I, I actually need you probably today, preferably yesterday. And I can't hear anything. I'm praying, God, should we buy this house? You know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars and huge impact on the future of our family and where we live. And God says, you left your dirty coffee cup on the sink. No, no, God, I'm really, we're really seeking you. We're fasting and praying about this big decision. And the Holy Spirit's like, Wash the coffee cup. I just walk down the hallway like. You're walking down the hallway and God says, go back and wash the coffee cup. It's so frustrating when God doesn't want to talk to me about what I want to talk about. Right? I'm here with like big life-changing, earth-shattering consequences and God's like, Wash up the coffee cup. It doesn't matter, God, it's just a coffee cup. And he's like, yeah, I know, go wash it. Here's the thought. There are things that God wants to talk to me about that are not my ideas. There are things that God wants to talk to you about in your life that are not your ideas. But how one-sided would our relationship be if we only ever talked about things that I could think about? Things that I thought were important. Things that are number one on my list. How boring, how small, how sad my life would be if I determined the parameters of our conversation. Keep going. So Daniel is a prophet. He has a life and death situation on his hands. 
God acts. God moves. You know, sometimes I'm sure I'm going to get to heaven and realize God was just doing all these things and I had no idea about them because they weren't even on my radar. God's developing relationships. God's opening doors. God's closing doors. God's doing all kinds of things on your behalf and mine. And we have no idea how supernaturally he is working. So he closes the mouths of the lions. Daniel chapter 6, verse 28, the end of that chapter, it says, So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus. Daniel prospered. God set him up to win. Get this, Daniel chapter 9, which is like a whole page turner over. In verse 21, it says, While I was still in prayer, Daniel's talking. Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. How many of you have had this experience where you're like, God, I was praying for that a month ago? No, just me. Wow. Seriously, the angel is like, I came in swift flight. And you're like, I've been waiting for years. And as soon as you began to pray, verse 23, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Keep going. Keep opening the windows. Keep getting on your knees. Keep saying, God, I am thankful for what you're doing in my world and in my life. Even when I can't see it, I'm still going to be grateful for it. Because this says that as soon as you began to pray, a word went out. Heaven's timing is just not my timing. I've discovered this. I've learnt this and still I get frustrated by it. But you know what? As soon as you begin praying, God begins listening. God begins acting. God begins working. And it might not look like it, but he's dispatched an angel to Daniel. Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> as soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you. Friends, keep praying. Keep asking God. Don't get disappointed in the moment when God didn't do what you wanted right then and right there. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end it will speak. Oh, I wanted to just say at the beginning. You know, we've just had encounter weekend and we really did experience an encounter with God. But I know about 60 days in, which is kind of where we're at, or 50, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like, God, you spoke. But what is going on in the middle? What is going on in the vision? I thought there was going to be some action and it feels like you're ghosting me, God. Like he's not there anymore. He's not listening anymore. or He's forgotten about you. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. Friends, keep going. Keep listening, keep thanking, keep opening the windows. Isaiah forty thirty one says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Amen. They shall walk and not faint. 
But you know what we think this verse means? Those that wait on the Lord. I've heard people preach this in so many weird ways. But like we think wait on the Lord is like this. Empty your mind. It's not possible. God, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. That word wait is the Hebrew word kavah. Q-A-V-A-H. You can go and look it up later. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Any Hebrew scholars in the room, forgive me. Shane Willard will correct me next week. Kavah is wait. And there's many weights in the Bible, but this one means to bind around. It doesn't mean to sit still. It doesn't mean just to wait like passively. It doesn't mean to meditate. It means to bind around. It's a picture, a word picture of a rope being tethered around something immovable, like an anchor hold for a boat. There's storms that are coming. There's things that are coming, but you wait by wrapping around like this. I can't do it with a microphone, but... Around and around and around. Those that wrap around, those that bind themselves to the promise, those that find something immovable and hold to it through every part of the weather, those who wait on the Lord shall renew or exchange their strength. Hold fast. Keep going. Strong's Concordance says of Kovar that it is the tension of enduring. Those who have the tension of enduring shall renew their strength. Not those who sit there going, oh God, I don't know what to do. We call that waiting. God calls waiting, come on. There's a promise. And though it tarry, wait for it. I am not forgotten. As soon as you began to pray, as soon as you opened those windows, I've dispatched angels, I've dispatched supernatural things to be enacted on your behalf. And while you are waiting, bind yourself around that promise. Hold fast to it. When the storm comes, say no. It's immovable. It's true. It's absolute. It is certain. Those who have the tension of enduring, shall renew their strength. It's not about us and our ability to hear. It's about a God who is so determined to speak, who is so sure that his word has all power in heaven and earth. Just one word. And we were formed. Just one word and the earth became exactly what he destined it to be. Let us be people who hold fast, who wait. The band can join me now. If you want to hear God, there's three things. Open the window. Start with thanks. Keep going. So simple. But you know what? Hearing God is simple. He doesn't want it to be complicated for you or for I. No one's qualified to hear God. No one's disqualified from hearing him. It's only him. His power. His authority. His word. All we have to do is say, God, I want to hear you speak. God. I want to hear you speak.
In a moment, the band's going to come and we're just going to take a moment at the end of this service. I hope that this week you can put $20 in your pocket. Even if it just reminds you every day, I'm listening. I'm listening. You know, if you read through scripture, you don't have to be in the temple to hear the voice of God. Most often he speaks out on the streets, out in the marketplace, in your everyday life. God wants to talk to you, about you, about your family and your friends and your workmates and your situation, about the things he said to you a long time ago. And really he's just coming back to remind you, don't forget, hold fast, stay strong. So perhaps today you just need to remind yourself, I have a God who speaks. Perhaps you need to pray a simple prayer of, God, I'm listening. Perhaps today you're here and you might feel like it's the first time you've ever heard anyone even say that you can hear God. You're not disqualified. Something in your heart right now says, I feel like I'm hearing Him for the first time. That's so awesome. God's speaking. Let's be people who listen. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Lord Jesus, this morning, you are Emmanuel, you are with us. We trust your word. You're the same God yesterday, today, forever. You've been speaking through generation to generation. Lord, we want to be people who hear your voice, who listen to you on our Monday and our Tuesday, and our Thursday and our Friday. God, would you speak to your people?